0: This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Knappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay Voices on Air. Hello and welcome to Alive with Bhavna. Thank you for listening to today's show where I'll be talking about how we grow through our trauma. For those new to the show, my name is Bhavna Nagar. I worked as a clinical psychologist both in South Africa and in New Zealand. I came to New Zealand 13 years ago, and I started my business, Alive Psychology, nine years ago. Although my mindfulness practice started in South Africa, it grew into the self-love practice here in New Zealand. And this resulted in me writing a book, Self-Love, The First Step which incorporates psychological practices as well as mindfulness practice. Before I get into today's topic, think about the statement that I'm going to make for about a minute. Everything that you know, you have learned. Say that again. Everything that you know, you have learned. Ponder that implication of this thought for a moment. Everything, absolutely everything has been added to you since your birth. You learned how to walk, talk, dress, go to the toilet. Nothing of your beliefs, your values, your style, your attitude, your character is inherent in you. It's all something you learned. Something that you were taught or something that you developed in response to the environment around you. A great deal of what we learned was about survival. Learning how to fit in and be liked so that we will be protected by our herd, tribe or community. My people, my family, they'll keep me safe. A lot of our negative behaviors can also be traced to being protective as a form of defense or what we developed in order to survive as best as we could. At that time, it was necessary and helpful. But now, years later, it's destructive. What is trauma? Recently, I've been reading and studying a lot about trauma and the effects of trauma. Trauma is not solely people having horrible experiences of violence perpetrated on them or surviving near-death experiences. There are so many other forms of trauma that fall outside our classification system and therefore are not accepted as trauma in the clinical sense or in the diagnostic sense. Some of these other forms of trauma are unhealthy attachments, childhood neglect, developmental trauma, and intergenerational trauma. If you are interested in learning more about this, please watch Gabor Mate's Wisdom of Trauma, the movie, on YouTube. According to Gabo Mate, as an infant and throughout life, we are oscillating between two needs that we have. The need for attachment, being close to someone, and this means survival and safety, especially as an infant and a, and a young child. The other need is for authenticity, to be ourselves and express who I am. These two needs are sometimes in conflict because maybe when I get angry my parents tell me to go away and calm myself down. That tells me that I'm not allowed to be angry. Authenticity is therefore not allowed. Because my safety, my very life, depends on me being attached to my parents, I must prioritize attachment over authenticity. As an infant or young child, I may then interpret this to mean that I'm a bad person, or that nobody loves me because I get angry. This is the moment of the original trauma, when we abandon a part of ourselves. This is always done as a survival or coping strategy. So we cut off that angry, hurt, scared little boy or girl, because we cannot tolerate the emotion or because we are told that emotion is not acceptable. Many clients who have been sexually abused tell me that at the time of their trauma, they were not in their bodies. They left themselves. They split from themselves in order to survive and protect what and how they could. At that moment, the splitting behavior was completely healthy and necessary because it enabled them to go on with life. A lot of our values, attitudes about ourselves, came from these experiences where we felt that authenticity was not accepted, or it was wrong, or where we were hurt so much that we had to leave ourselves in order to protect ourselves and survive. Some of the basic messages that we learned is, I am not good enough. I don't matter. I don't belong. I am nothing. Nobody cares about me. Most of us, irrespective of our childhood experiences, have some of these beliefs. If your childhood was characterized by violence, abuse, neglect... Then you have more of these messages, and they are more intensely encoded into your behavior, into your structure, into you. If you had a privileged childhood in terms of safety and love, then these are background murmurs that fuel your life. They're just these subtle messages that are running in the back of your head. I would say that all of us have some of these messages. I have clients who tell me that they had a lovely, carefree childhood. Loving parents, good education. They just had everything. Everything was right for them. So how come they still feel not good enough? What's wrong with them? They want to know. Gabor Mate gives us a simple way to find out what trauma messages you are still carrying today. He suggests looking over your last week or your month and just notice the times when your reactions was out of proportion to the context. That is a trauma response. Like any trauma reaction, you are redirecting, reacting to a trigger in the present that mentally takes you back to the past when the trauma happened and you are reacting to the current situation as if it was the past. A recent example from my experience was that I called to make an appointment for my second COVID vaccination. The lady told me that she could not make an appointment on Friday and then dismissed me by saying, Well, I'll just put you on the waiting list. After taking down my details, she got off, she put the phone down. After I put the phone down, I felt sad and rejected. I felt hurt. I knew that my reaction was out of proportion to what was happening. But I couldn't change the reaction. I couldn't stop the reaction. I was feeling what I was feeling. I was feeling rejected and hurt. In order to heal that trauma, I had to activate my adult brain, hold my inner child in a distress, and then remind her that was then this is now now we are safe now we are not being rejected and then get on with my day for survival we abandon parts of ourselves as we were growing up we all have these various parts of ourselves in us these parts that are either fighting for acceptance to be authentic Or they fear being seen and are hiding away. And trying to balance that need with our need for attachment. Being close to someone. Being loved. Being supported. For some people, these abandoned parts fighting to be heard might result in them joining a gang. So that they can be protected and strong. As well as have the sense of belonging. For others, it is closing down and becoming a hermit, not wanting to leave home, because that's the safest option. Only being close to those in your home, your children or your pets, because animals are safer to trust. For some, this message of I'm not good enough spurs them to prove their worth. Get this qualification and that. Become the CEO, become a multi-millionaire. And guess what? Even with all that ach- achievement, that message of I'm not good enough still lingers quietly in the background. It never leaves them, no matter how much they achieve on the outside. For some, this drive is waiting for their parents to say, I'm proud of you. Even if their parents are dead, we're still waiting for that acknowledgement, that validation that message of you are okay, I love you. For others, the I'm not good enough becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, if I'm not good enough, why should I try? Because I'll just fail anyway. So they do nothing. They give up on life. They figure, if I'm bad and nothing, I might as well live as if that were the truth. That was the whole of me. We all have these abandoned parts of ourselves. The original one that we abandoned and exiled, and then all the other behaviors, the things that happen to us later, that are also deemed unacceptable and needing to be exiled from our lives and our minds. Unfortunately, we can't exile it and forget about it. We can pretend numb and escape how we feel. We can escape and numb through work, exercise, sex, alcohol, drugs, TV, gaming, just about anything. We can even escape through meditation, mindfulness, spirituality. We can keep running away from ourselves. Or we can do the thing that scares us the most. Face those exiled parts of ourselves and heal the wounding. As in everything, the first step is awareness of what's going on. You don't have to really know what's going on in that I am have this part of me that's exiled, I'm feeling rejection, abandonment. You don't have to really be able to name it. But just have a sense of wanting to change or face these parts of yourself. That is enough to get you into therapy or any other treatment in which you feel that would work for you. I would not recommend doing any of this work by yourselves because you need a safe person to hold your pain, to guide you and support you to this journey of reconnecting with yourself. The desire to change is all that you need to start with. Like the saying goes, if you keep doing the same thing, you keep getting the same results. So if you want something different, try something different. Mindfulness is a great tool to start this healing process. In mindfulness, we learn how to activate the real self, the core of our person. This gives us grounding and stability. I call this accessing your divine parent. The energy that is your truth. This is the only thing that you were born with. And no matter what you experience in life, it has not been tainted by your life experiences. It remains pure, untouched, unaffected by the negative messaging in your life. This is the core of you. This is your birthright. Mindfulness also helps us to get back into our body. As we've seen, disconnecting from ourselves is one of the trauma responses. So getting back into your body is one of the first treatments. You can use any embodiment practice to get back into your body. Mindfulness, yoga, exercise, sport, gardening, music, dance, whatever helps you to feel connected with your body. Only when we can feel safe in our bodies can we start to touch the psychological separation. Once we have access to the body and our divine inner parent, and it becomes a secure anchor in my life, then I can venture into the exiled parts of myself. I can slowly start to see the parts of me that I have rejected, abandoned, that I felt was too overwhelming to cope with. Slowly, I touch into one of these scary parts. Maybe start with the easiest one first. Then I come back to the safety of the anchor, the present, the feeling okay in my body, feeling okay in this moment. And slowly... I learn to befriend this part of me that I previously rejected and banished. Slowly, I learn to let her tell me how she is feeling and reassure her that I am here for her, that I will not abandon her again. And slowly, I bring that part of me into myself. For some people with abuse history, this might mean being able to visualize taking that loving part of their young or taking lovingly taking that young part of themselves, the hurt self, the abused self, away from the perpetrator or the abusive situation, and bringing her to your home where she is safe, the first time I faced an aspect of my abandoned inner child, I was terrified of her anger at me. I was terrified that she would reject me as I've rejected her. In the process, I learned to sit with the pain of self-rejection, of letting myself down. I held the pain of my inner child as well as my current self with love and compassion. And then I stepped away and got on with my day or week until I felt I was ready to face into it a bit more. And I kept coming back over and over again until eventually I built a safe trusting relationship with myself and that aspect of my hurt inner child. We have to do this with all the parts of us that we have exiled and rejected. Heal the wounding caused by others and by ourselves, cutting ourselves off. Accepting that at that time it was the right action to take as it meant survival. Accepting that angry, critical, judgmental, sad, withdrawn, screaming part of me developed as a form of protection against what I was experiencing at that time. And over time, it has served its function of protecting me. The anxiety and depression that you feel in your mind and body is your body's way of protecting you. The only way to change that behavior is to prove to yourself over and over again that I am safe. And therefore, I no longer need that form of protection. That for now, thank you, but you can take a break because for now, I am safe. Thank you for watching over me, caring for me, but for now, I'm safe. It takes time to build this kind of relationship and takes even longer to build trust, even in yourself, especially if all your experiences in life have taught you that trust is dangerous. Trusting people will get you hurt. Trusting yourself as well will get you hurt. So trusting is really hard and that's where our form of attachment comes in. It's learning that it is safe to attach and be authentic and be real. These negative responses or these protective behaviors never go away. As I said, I felt rejected, or my feeling of rejection was triggered not so long ago. With awareness, we learn how to recognize these triggered moments and bring in the love and compassion for that part of myself. It doesn't take a long time. I didn't need a lot of time to go sit in the corner and meditate in order to heal that distress that I was feeling on that day. It can be done on the go. I just stopped for two breaths, noticed what was going on in my body, and just brought in the loving, compassionate mother. And I held to myself and went, it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. But that is not what's happening now. That's an old response. We don't need that now. What happened wasn't rejection. And yes, sometimes if the trigger's really big, then I need more time to reassure that part of myself that it is safe. I recently had to do a lot more body work to bring myself into my body and feel safe in my body and feel okay in being myself because part of my old history was triggered. The more we can incorporate these exiled parts of ourselves into our current selves, the less split we feel. The more I'm able to feel I feel more alive and real. So I really, really feel that it is worth the risk, worth the work and the pain to do the work so that I can come home to myself, so that I can feel at peace in myself. I can be with myself, with loving compassion, happiness, And those parts are still there, and they'll always be there. And I don't want to get rid of them. I just want to stop them from taking control, from driving the bus. If you're interested in what I said and would like to attend one of my retreats, I have an embodied mindfulness and self-love retreat. It's only for women, coming up on the 19th to 23rd of March, 2022. Please see my website for details of that. For any other ways that you want to contact me, um, my details will be found on my website, which is alivepsych.co.nz. You can also find me on Facebook, and it's Alive Psychology. Thank you for listening, and hope you have a great day.